horror enthusiast and fans of things that go bump in the night, rejoice, as there is a new collection of creepy tales to keep your spine tingling and your blood running cold. The brainchild of prolific author Yvonne Mason. Welcome to your nightmare as an anthology of stories from a gifted batch of writers specializing in keeping you up at night. Whether you love gruesome tales of murder and mayhem, or you prefer quaint tales of scary happenings, welcome to your nightmare sure to please the inner psychopath and wet even the most insatiable horror appetite. Welcome to Your Nightmare is available now on Amazon.com. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is your temporary host, Ian Bush, filling in for Yvonne Mason, and uh, kind of a funny little blooper. Um, I didn't play that, uh, sound bit before it played tonight. So I thought that was Welcome to Your Nightmare by Alice Cooper, but it's actually an ad for our anthology that we did back in 2013 called Welcome to Your Nightmare. So we are already off the chain and I know that our guest is going to continue, uh, the off the chain vibe for the night. We're talking to music god CJ Plain, who's come to the studio. The music god CJ Plain, the son of Trucker, who's in his fifty second year on the job. Uh he became a truck driver himself before being forced to retire due to a traumatic brain injury. The monkey was given to him by a seventh grade music teacher after he ousted her in a game of musical trivia. He's collected music his entire life. His music collection now numbers over 2.5 million songs across 100-plus genres, of which he can talk endlessly. He currently is working on his uh, first book, a horror story that combines his love of horror, metal music, and truck stops. He's been involved in the music business in some form for the past 37 years. He's been a musician, singer, songwriter, radio host, concert promoter, and now YouTube music reactor and podcast host. His YouTube channel, The Music God Reacts, has garnered over 20, uh, excuse me, 12,000 subs and close to a million views in just the first six months. He reacts to music of all genres from across the world. His podcast, The Noise Report, is in its third year now and was recently converted from an audio format to a full video format. You can now not only hear the noise, but see it as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome CJ Plain to the studio. Hey, CJ, how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? Well, I'm good. I, I was sad because I thought Welcome to Your Nightmare would be uh, an awesome intro for us, be, being fellow Michiganders and, you know, Alice Cooper <laughs> being a big uh, yeah. part of that. But you know what? Promoting our books will work as well. So, the show must go on. Right, right. Always, always uh, with the on with the show. Yeah, exactly. I bet you Yvonne's listening to this right now, and she's like, "Oh, Ian, I'm like bless your heart, Ian, bless your heart." <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it now. <laughs> so um, let's catch up from where we were last at. You and I did. 
I believe the noise report. Um, yeah. About oh, eight months ago. Yeah, I would say close. Because we were that. doing the top one hundred or the top tens. So, yeah, yeah. It was, well, what? Yeah, it was kind of a top ten, but most of it was just uh, ten books you should read. You know, or, or yeah, something. I don't even remember the exact title. Ten books. Ten books everyone should read before they die. Something along that lines. If I remember something along those lines. Um, yeah. We had a good we had a good conversation about that too. That was a lot of fun, and I remember. Yeah, like uh, it was, uh, yeah, it, was it was it was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was good conversations too because we both brought a lot of different genres and different perspectives and all of that to play. So that was a lot of fun. If you all want to hear uh, CJ and I um, talking about the ten books you must read before you die, definitely go head over to Noise Report and look us up. So, uh, how's the shows doing since then? Um, they're they're doing okay. Like I, I kind of took it offline for a little bit because the divorce stuff was going on, and I didn't really have as much time as I wanted to keep it consistent. And mm-hmm. then when I got into the 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 video thing, the reaction channel, and that kind of stuff, and I learned enough about it. I kind of just said, you know, instead of doing these with this audio, I have the ability now to record video, and we converted mm-hmm. it to to a video format to where you can actually see us instead of just listening to us like this. Uh, you can actually see us screwing around, you see our facial expressions, and see us kind of making faces at each other and, and whatnot. And uh, it's been really fun because – there's a lot of working parts with the podcast now, depending mm-hmm. on who the guest is, we'll do different things. I've done a few bracket style things. Um, so what we've done is we've kind of taken the top 10 concept and we mm-hmm. ran with it in the sense of instead of saying, okay, the um, top 10 all-time comics we have created brackets with well, – there's a website. Uh, it's called wheelofnames.com. I, you just you put a whole bunch of random comic characters in there, and you just let it randomly pick names, and then you put them into a bracket, and then you bring in the, the comic nerds, and <laughs> you say, hey, here's yeah. this crazy bracket of comic characters, and um, I'm going to read them to you and – you're going to tell me who is the best according to this bracket. And um, it's fun because it's a random bracket. Like, I don't make the bracket. The generator uh-huh. does essentially. So oh, okay. you never know what you're going to get. Um, so it's not me right. sitting here saying, I want to see Superman versus Batman. I want to see Spider-Man versus Deadpool. You know, you might get whatever in the very first round so instead of your final four being who you think it would be you know you might get superman versus batman in the very first bracket where you have to eliminate them right out of the go and um it's it's been fun i've had a few guests we did a guitar player one 
um, the greatest guitar players not named Eddie Van Halen. And my guest, right. my guest for the show has been the guitar player for Brett Michaels' band for, you know, 20 years. Oh, okay. Extremely knowledgeable guy. And I created yeah. this guitar bracket. And he was ready to punch me by the time it was over because the generator chose violence right out of the gate. Um, <laughs> one of the very first matchups was Stevie Ray Vaughan versus uh, Jimi Hendrix. And oh, yeah. Pete was just like, he's like, dude, that's like one of your first ones. And I was like, yeah, this is only the first round. And by the time it was over, <laughs> it was, he was just like cussing and swearing like through the whole thing because all his favorite guitar players were like coming up against each other in early rounds. So... You know, by the time we hit the finals, he was just like, and it was in a, it was in a fun way. Like he wasn't mad about it, but it was great because it made it really hard to choose some of them. Um, and yeah, we've done it with we've done it with the comic characters, we've done it with the guitar players, uh, we've done it with the hard rock and glam bands, we've done it with um, uh. TV show dads. We did a TV show's dad one here recently, and we pitted nice. all of the great TV show dads against each other, uh, from Al Bundy down to Fred Sanford to, um, you know, Leave It to Beaver, and um, <laughs> you know, we chose 32 TV dads, and we just went at it. And um, we're going to do a TV moms one. Uh, we're going to do a uh, greatest black comedies one, or let I me mean, greatest black comedy series ones. Uh, so of course you're going to have mm, okay. No Good Time, Sanford and Son, Blackish, uh, Bernie Mac show. Um, you're going to have all of those in a random bracket, fighting it out. So um, yeah, you know. And then we do just the normal interviews where we talk about music or movies or pop culture. Or, um, I've had a couple authors on there as well. Okay. I'm trying to get more authors on there. Um, I think I know a few. By. Yeah, like, a little harder to come by. Um, you know, it don't circulate quite as much as the musicians do. Um, you know, musicians right. just stick a camera or a microphone in their face and they'll talk about anything. Um, well, that's kind of what we're doing with the noise report. At nice. the current time, so. No, that's that's a good synopsis, man. That's that's a whole lot of stuff. I'm really proud of you for knocking out a whole. I mean, you have a, a variety of things, which is always really nice. Um, I've said it on the show multiple times. I enjoy artists who try a little bit of everything. You know, I, I yeah, respect yeah. the ones that say, "Hey, I just do this one genre, and that's my thing, and I'm good at it. And I'm gonna keep going." I'm like, "Cool, yeah, you're good at it." It's your thing. Keep going. I'm proud of you. But, like, somebody who ventures out and does all types of things and tries their hand at everything, to me, my my perspective, shows a lot of uh, interesting creativity and just a little bit more um, guts from a, from an author, you know, excuse me, from an artist. So um, that's really cool that you can kind of touch all of that. You know, you're not just the music god. You also 
do movies, you also do a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah. But um, my next question for you, Bud, is um, actually going back to the bio. You mm-hmm. had to you you had to um, force you were forced to retire due to your TBI, your traumatic brain injury. How mm-hmm. hard is it for you to live with um, what my profession would call invisible wounds? And for those who don't understand what that means, it, it, it's somewhat self-explanatory that somebody has something inside them that, you know, you can visibly see somebody lost their leg, right? But you don't see yeah. the person who has crippling, you know, arthritis or ne- neuropathy, stuff like that. Is it difficult for you as an artist to live with an invisible wound? Um. Mine's not necessary. Well, I guess it is kind of invisible. It's not really. I mean, I have a scar. If you've ever seen, like, the pictures of me, I have a scar from the bridge of my forehead yeah. down the middle of my head and across the bridge of my nose. So um, if you ever see pictures of me and you wonder what, you know, the crease in the center of my head is or in the center of my face above my eyebrows, uh, that's not a old age thing. That's basically where the fucking change is. Um, you know? <laughs> I thought you were born that way, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, as people age, their skin kind of does what it does, and a lot of people think, oh, you're 50, yeah. it's from age, and it's not. It's where basically, you know, <laughs> my skull was exposed by a half-inch chain hitting me. But um, it just – I have frontal – my frontal cortex, basically, my frontal lobe. Okay. is completely destroyed. Uh, I have little to no impulse control. Um, it has caused a bipolar disorder and intermittent explosive disorder. Essentially, the intermittent explosive disorder is from having no impulse control. So yeah, it's, it's super hard. It's, it's a fight of I want to work. But I have a very hard time being in groups of people. Very short-tempered in the sense of I have very little tolerance for people's silliness and stupidity. Mm. So I have to be in public in very short bursts for the most part (laughs) because when people start getting stupid – I don't have the ability to just say, ignore that. Yeah. You know. Do you see that? My brain says. um, Go go ahead. ahead. Do do you see that playing out in your your art a lot with your podcast? It's, uh, if you were to see my desk right now, you would laugh because I have index cards all over my desk because mm-hmm. one of the side effects of it is I have no short-term memory. Um, mm. Now, I can draw you a floor plan map of every house mm-hmm. I've ever been in in my life down mm-hmm. to the minute details. Mm-hmm. Ask me in the morning what we talked about in this interview, and I will yeah. remember 
So I mean, I, I have those issues too, but that's due to something else. So yeah, so I write everything down when I do, <laughs> you know, my reviews. Uh, you know, I write yeah. just little crib notes. Um, Matt D, the company yeah. I keep, Cole Wright Guitarists, blah blah blah, produced by SMC Records, released on ten twenty eight. Uh, Migliori Amici and Company, best of friends, Vanity Music Group you know, their names, and I've got stacks of these things laying on my desk from where I've done interviews, and they're just kind of laying. Uh, so mm-hmm. I I have two Facebook accounts. One is mm-hmm. my main account that I post everything on. The second one is only to, if I have to go to the store, and somebody says, hey, we need peanut butter and soap and milk, I will go to my second mm-hmm. account, and I will message myself to my main account so that I could have it on my phone and it be in front of my face because between the house mm-hmm. and the store, I will, what I went to the store for. So it's, See, that's, that's crazy too because we've talked quite a lot and I don't think that's ever come up. Like I would have never yeah. have guessed that unless your bio, like, yeah. you know, unless your bio just told me. So you pull it off yeah. well. I don't, I don't tell a lot of people. You know, the funny thing is I have a 158 IQ. I reach 700 words a minute. I write voraciously. Mm-hmm. So the biggest battle with even getting the disability was that fact. They give you the exams, mm-hmm. and they'll say, I'm going to tell you three words and we'll come back to it. So mm-hmm. if you have these disabilities, quote, unquote, you're supposed to be stupid in their eyes. You're supposed to be uneducated. You're supposed to be not, not able to process. Ignorant, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's double standard. Not, you know, so I would fight this battle constantly. Of, I could always remember the words. I could always, you know, I knew this stuff, and I can speak articulately extremely educated so oh you're not disabled well i am look mm-hmm. oppenheimer was a schizophrenic and created the nuclear bomb you know yeah. <laughs> being schizophrenic did not disable or did not keep oppenheimer from creating being a nuclear physicist but it didn't make him any less disabled in the sense that he was schizophrenic and, and that's the unfortunate yeah. thing is that I believe we're making better strides um, against people with invisible wounds. Because I've talked about it on the show a lot. I deal with um, anxiety and depression pretty bad. And mm-hmm. mm, sorry, I was taking a drink. My throat was getting dry. <laughs> um, I deal with anxiety and depression pretty bad. And a lot of people are like, man, but you write books and bear your soul and you, you do these radio shows, you can, you know, articulate questions and you can, you know, speak without the brokenness in your voice. Like, how, how are you doing that? And I'm like, well, you know, again, it's an invisible wound, dude. Like you don't understand behind that curtain is a man yeah. who literally has been beat down so bad in some briefings and some situations I get anxiety just doing a biography about me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like I, and, and you would never know that you're like, Oh man, you're really uh type a outgoing, you know, just, this is who I am. Take me as I am. But 
like deep down inside, it's like, no, man, I have literally put myself in positions because of X, Y, Z, A, B, C, that like I will literally walk away from from a briefing and be like, hey, did I do okay? Like, did I did I deliver the message well? And they're like, dude, everyone like stood up and clapped for you. And then you know, imposter syndrome comes in where it's like, were they clapping because yeah, then- like they believe me, or were they clapping because like they can see it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And nobody would ever you, know that. You, yeah, you come off as the type A, and then you go backstage, and you collapse into that. yourself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. it's, it's literally, it's what killed Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, think yeah. about Robin Williams. This was one of the most outgoing men of all time, but... It was in those moments where you're alone and you're in your own thoughts, you're in your own feelings, you're in your own vacuum, per se, and the noise is so loud. You know, I go to bed at night and I I cry because I feel like a failure because I can't work and I can't make the money that I'm supposed to be able to make. And then having gone through the divorce, you know, and having my son – He'll come to me, you know, and he'll say, can we buy this game? And I don't have the $50 to buy him the game. Yeah. And I have to tell him no. Right. And and then I feel so horrible, bro, because I'm like, you know, and, and I know he doesn't care, and I know he understands, and he's the the, the most amazing kid ever, and he never – complains, he never throws temper tantrums. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better child, you know, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make me as a person feel any less worthy because you're supposed to be able to do that for your child. You're supposed to be able to pay your own bills and you're supposed to be able to do this and this and this and society has put these impossible standards out and yeah, it's, it's it's overwhelming, bro. I mean, it's just, you know, and people that don't deal with it don't understand it. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, I get it. It is what it is, but I just, you know, I'm, I got too much to live for. I'm too stubborn to die, and I'm not going anywhere. So That's where, it, it's where we come from, though, dude. Like, we're all stubborn where yeah. we come from. <laughs> I mean, it's just. It's one of them things, bro. Like, it's just, like, look, I'm not going any fucking where. So um, anyone who knows me knows, like, I'm I'm a big, you know, I'm a big redneck, but I'm, you know, I'm tough. Like, the half-inch chain didn't kill me. The car accident didn't kill me. Falling off an 18-foot ladder aluminum ladder off the roof of a house didn't kill me. You know, I shouldn't be here. Like, God has some purpose for me. I don't know what it is at this point. But having survived three catastrophic incidents that would have killed the average normal person and walking away from all three without really any serious injury, per se, Mm -hmm. You know, that 
to me only speaks that I have a bigger purpose and it hasn't been revealed to me yet. And I, that's what keeps me going is sooner or later, I'm going to find out what it is. And at that time, then, Hey, <laughs> you know, that'll be that moment. But I don't know. Man. So. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with you. Um, being through my fair share of uh, unfortunate events and still walking away from it too um, definitely made me change my perspective on how I view myself. And even uh, I've been pretty open about it. Um, I have a you know decent leg injury right now, and just you can learn a lot in the darkness. Um, you can yeah. learn a lot when something changes your perception on how you do life, right? And one of the things that I learned, um, and I guess, you know, it took this long for me to finally understand, but uh, this leg injury, I can't go a 1,000 miles per hour anymore. I can't um, do the things that I normally do until I get physical therapy. It's going to bounce back, I hope, right? But noticing how many people were more interested in what I could do or provide for them than me as a mm-hmm. person. Cause I've had a lot of people uh, recently kind of start like, Hey, can you help me? No, dude, I really can't. Like I'm hurting. Um, you know, no, I can't help you lift that. No, I can't run this or do that. And it's amazing when you see people start walking away from you because you don't provide a service anymore. And I don't know if maybe COVID made us more selfish, but I definitely finally learned that if they can walk away so easily and get rid of me because I let them down one time, they're not worth eating at my table. So I'm grateful and also saddened, uh, but I understand where you're coming from in that regard where it's like, hey, take it or leave it, dude. Like I've – have a purpose and I am a human and I have feelings and if you can't respect that, you got to bounce, you know? Yeah. Like you just, you just keep going because, you know, like, look, I have my son and sadly his mother has chosen to act like he doesn't exist. So I'm what he has. And that's my purpose in life is just to, make sure that he has everything he needs and that he doesn't suffer for her selfishness, you know? So, yeah, you know, and at the end of the day, truthfully, dude, I'm known for a lot of things. You know I mean? I'm known for the music. I'm known for this and that, but I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. If I die tomorrow, if y'all don't remember me for anything else other than I want you to tend guys to know me as being good father. As the guy who was always there for his kids, through all the adversity, through the divorce, through everything else, I've never walked away from a single one of my children. They have been raised to be proper and respectful and to contribute to the world and not leaving horrible human beings in my wake, you know. Yeah, right. If you don't remember me for anything well, I mean, other than that, I'm good. You know, and I, I had that um I had that issue a long 
Ouch. Sorry, man. I'm cramping up again. Um, I had that issue for a long time that I was always worried about what people perceived of me. If I'd be remembered mm-hmm. past my, you know, birth and death date, right? And if, you know, people would would remember me, regardless if it was good or bad, uh, long after long after that I have departed this world, right? Mm-hmm. And then I had to switch my mindset because in my mind now, it's like, well, I'm not worried about if people remember me once I die. I'm more worried about is my kid going to be taken care of? And I, I know that the whole will I be remembered thing will live on because they'll live on in her, you know? Mm-hmm. And so exactly. I definitely agree that when it comes to, when it comes to children, good Lord, they just really screw some things up for you. <laughs> like you really messed up your way of thinking and in good and bad ways. Right. But, um, yeah, that's been my main focus is like, are the ones that I love, especially specifically my daughter, are the ones that I love um, going to be taken care of if something happens yeah. to me? Um, and it's definitely a totally different mindset once you start having children and things that are your next in line, you know? Like, I, I've always stressed on Winnie, hey, like, you're – you're carrying my last name uh, for the time being, right? Like, do not ruin this last name. Like, you've had many people yeah. prior to you who have worked hard to for and implement a good reputation of our last name, regardless if, you know, the world knows us or not. But just carry it with pride and do things with pride, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing, like, yeah, no, 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 to me about the last name is just like just you know when I was in foster care when I was a teenager and everything went down I was so hateful I was so evil and so mean because I was angry and I had no other outlet no other release so my mindset was if you don't want me I don't want you and. I'm going yeah. to return all of the negative energy you're going to return. And it was so exhausting for all of my life. And then as I had kids and I've gotten older, I come to realize it's so much harder to be hateful than it is to just be a decent human being. And I don't understand the energy that people expend trying to be mm-hmm. hateful, trying to be evil, trying to just be douchebags, you know? <laughs> and yeah. it, it perplexes me. And it's so easy to be a good person. It's so easy to do the simple little things. Like, look, you don't have to save the world, but you don't have to yeah. be an ass either, like, Little acts of kindness that are so insignificant to most people, yeah. you know, could mean the world to somebody. I Right before my birthday, it was Easter. You know, Easter, I think, was a week before my birthday this year. Um, Jackson wanted some ice cream. I only it's had $6 dollars on my name. He said, can I have some ice cream, Dad? I, I, I really want some ice cream. And I, I didn't really have the money to buy the ice cream 
But I said, you know what? He's been so good. Do everything, do the divorce. I'm going to get you ice cream. So we, we went to Aldi's, and I'm standing in line, and he got this ice cream, and the ice cream was like $4. So I'm, I'm in my brain, I'm calculating, how am I going to make it through the rest of the week with only $2? Yeah. And we got up to the line, and I'm, I'm trying not to cry about this, but got up to the line. No, yeah, you're, you're good. No, I've cried on this show plenty of times, dude. <laughs> got up to the line. And he wanted a Snickers to go with that. And I said, just, whatever, you know, it, it's not going to make a difference at this point. So he got the Snickers and he got the ice cream. And this lady's in the line in front of us. Now, I haven't said anything about not having money or, or anything, really. And I'm kind of thinking. And she pays for her food. And she kind of steps to the side. And she turns back around and she says to me, she says, sir. I said, yeah. She said, God just told me to pay for your stuff. Do you mind if I pay for your stuff? I want to bless you. And it was Oh wow. It was it was five dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How did we didn't mean anything to her? But how did she know at that particular moment? That was literally the last of my money, you know, and I didn't know how I was going to make it through the rest of the week. And right. it was that little act of kindness that when my faith wavered, <laughs> it was the world's way of saying, keep going. You're going to be okay. You're going to make it. And enough of those have happened to me in my life that, that, you know, that it's so much easier to be a kind person than it is to be a hateful person. And I don't know, man, it just, I don't have the energy anymore to be hateful. I don't have the energy to, now I can be mean. Like, if you force me to be mean, if you yeah, force oh, me yeah. to defend myself or whatever, I promise you, I am awesome at destruction, okay? <laughs> but I don't like expending yeah. that energy if I don't have to. Um, yeah, it's, I would rather be kind. I'd rather be her. I'd rather, if I'm standing in line and someone's in front of me and they're 20 cents short and they say, Hey, you know, let me run to my car to get it here. Here's 20 cents. You know, that way you don't have to go to the car. You don't have to hold the line up. You don't have to hold the clerk up. It's 20 cents. It's not that big of a deal, you know? And you don't know how that's going to affect another person. That might be the good thing that happens in an otherwise crappy day. And maybe it Yeah, and you know, and it's it, it's sad um, for two reasons. One, because, you know, I, for a long, long time, I would say that I was a very good person. Um, that's not me being cocky. That's not me being selfish. I would say I was a decent human being, right? And I believe I still am a decent human being. But Mm-hmm. I believe that I am at that point in my life that I have given my kindness to people who don't deserve it yeah. and they've taken advantage of it. And it's turned me into a mean person sometimes. Now, granted, I don't just go out of my way to, you know, like kick a kid off his bike or something or, you know, like slash yeah, his yeah. tires, just come angry, right? But I believe it's been like the systematic 
like trying to even put the words to it because I, I haven't really thought about that until we started talking. Um, it's been the systematic that everybody, you know, going back to my leg, I, I can't go th- a thousand miles per hour anymore. I have been letting people down lately and I've been watching their reactions. I'm like, man, you really only cared about me because I could provide a service. You didn't care mm-hmm. about me that I was a good dude. You didn't care about me that, you know, I'd come in at, at six and, leave at midnight and, and just, you know, work my freaking fingers to the bone. You didn't give a rat's ass about any of that. You cared that I provided you a service. And so it started to create a little bit of anim. Right. And and it started to create a little animosity in me. And I don't think that I'm necessarily a bad person anymore because of it, but I definitely am more selective of who I'm kind to. Right. Um, you know, yeah. the random people in the street, you know, if you need 20 cents, cool, dude, I got you, right? But right. the people who have scorned me time and time again, who have literally yeah. taken something and I don't hear from them again until they need me again, I think I've diminished a part of who I was as a good person. And it's it's really, it's, it's kind of a painful thing for me. And then the second thing that I was going to say um, was I understand your story with Jackson because uh, um, I have very similar stories with Winnie. Um, right. I've told people I've told people a lot um, that I, I don't I don't want to say I have a problem uh, with alcohol, but I definitely um, have those times where it gets a little bit out of hand. Right. You know, nothing to mm-hmm. commit a crime. Nothing to you know, whatever. It's just there are some times where, you know, I get in my slump and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to sit. I'm going to play some video games. And, you know, it, it takes a bit to get out of that slump, right? So I remember when I was at home. Uh, see, now I'm going to start almost crying. <laughs> Screw you, CJ. No, just <laughs> um, I'm in Michigan, right? And we're going down the aisle. And, uh, you know, we're at Meyer. You, you know, you know Meyer. We love Meyer. Yeah. Myers. No. <laughs> and we're down. We're going down Myers. You know. And Michigan people would know what we're talking about. I know. Everyone else is tuned out. They're like, "What the hell's a Meyer?" So for y'all who don't yeah. know, a Meyer is like maybe one step Meyer. down from a Target, but one one yeah one step down from a Target, but one step up from a Walmart. That's a fair representation. Walmart, but one down from Target. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, teach their own. So we're, we're at a, Myers. Myers is a boozy Walmart, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so we're, we're at Myers, and you know, um, I've tried really hard. I've I've always um, done what I need to do as a man, and as a father, and as an employee, and all of that. Right? I would never let it take over my life that bad. But I remember that when he was five, and we're going down. Myers and I, I wasn't uh, back in Michigan for a while, uh, and so you know coming back and hearing our accent, even talking to you, my accent's coming back a little bit. I can hear it just a bit. Um, going back, hearing our accent, hearing our sarcasm, uh, just random strangers making jokes, you know, because her birthday's near uh, Thanksgiving, you know. Oh, that 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 turkey talking about Winnie. Uh, that turkey looks real plump. She she looks like she's good to eat this year. And then you know Winnie like. I don't want to be eight, you know, just that, that, those conversations. But we go down the alcohol aisle and, um, I was going to get, um, Fago pop and, 
um, some Crown Royal. And I'm looking at the Crown Royal, and I just can't pick it up. Yeah. And I'm just staring at it, and she's like, hey, Daddy, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, making a decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just making a decision. And this little five-year-old says, yeah, right. And this little five-year-old says, Daddy, why don't you pick up the Crown Royal? What? Pick up the Crown Royal. Like, it makes you happy. Like, I'm, I'm okay. And I look at her, and she's five, dude. How does she know what that box says? Now, granted, she has a, an amazing reading level. Um, you know, we, dude, she came for me and, and her mom, man. We weren't going to let her be no illiterate anything, right? But right. she's like, just pick it up, Dad, and I know how much it makes you happy. And I told her, no, Winnie, like, there's something that makes me more happy than this, and it's you. And we walked out of the aisle. And I shit you not, man, we're walking down the aisle, or walking away from the aisle towards another aisle. And she's like, Dad, I just want you happy and healthy and not just happy. And I'm like, what in God's name is this five-year-old doing to me right now? Like, (laughs) who has gone into the spirit of my child to tell me what I needed to hear? And I'll be damned if every time I go back to Michigan, dude, like, the temptation is there to just, you know, get rip-roaring with my friends and with my family and just let loose and all that. And I remember that little scenario, and I I wish I could do it while I was, you know, more on that. Um, But it's harder, right, because, you know, she's over a 1,000 miles away from me. Um, So she's not, like, right in my face. It's not a constant reminder. But I remember that story to this day, man. She was five years old. Just pick it up, Dad. I know how much you like Crown Royal. Well, girl, you don't even know what Crown Royal is. <laughs> you don't even know what it yeah. tastes like. <laughs> like, but, but I, I, I really, oh yeah, and I connected with your story about your son too. Like, you know, making that decision, saying, you know what, I'm gonna take the back seat to something that I want for, or I want, want for me, need for you, right? Like, you need money right. to survive. I wanted to just drink. Um, so it's a little bit different, right? Needs versus wants. Maybe it was a little bit more um, impactful for you, right? Mine was just a decision. But, like, those little moments with our kids, man, are so stinking impactful. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's, I never intended to be a parent. Um, you know, I, I had one goal in life. I wanted to be a rash type. There was no plan B. <laughs> you know, what's your plan B? All your parents, your parents always want you to have a plan B. What's your backup plan? What mm-hmm. are you going to do if it fails? I had no plan B. My plan B was I was going to be a rock star. My plan C was I was going to be a rock star. My plan D was I was going to be a rock star. I was not going to fail. And I made it to a certain point, and I just discovered that way more went into it than you hear about or that you're told sometimes, you know, like you have to earn it and you have to, it's not just handed to you. I was under the impression at 15 years old that, hey, you write good songs and the record labels will come and they'll throw money at you and you'll get, you know, women and tour buses and fancy hotel rooms and 
Nobody mentioned these yeah. five guys stuffed inside a passenger van sharing a Happy Meal in a Walmart <laughs> parking lot in 103 degrees weather because you have to do that before you get to the money in the tour buses. And yeah. four months into doing that, we pulled over on the side of a road in Minden, Louisiana, and yeah. we physically fought. And we decided we're going home or we're going to prison. Uh, who wants to go to prison? Who wants right. to go home? <laughs> Four of us wanted to go home. One was okay with going to prison. Um, I won't say which one was okay with going to prison, but um, <laughs> we'll yeah. leave that for the we'll leave that to speculation. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> we, I, I, I can I can guess. Like, yeah, like. I decided that this was bullshit and I wasn't willing to do this before God knows how long before you got to the money in the cars and the yeah. big things. And I was just like, no, yeah. this sucks. And I would rather play in a small bar and have my bed available at night than to then travel the country and live in the back of the it. van. Um, so what did I do? I came home and I became a truck driver. <laughs> right. And then you travel the country again. Go figure. <laughs> but the money was a hell of a lot better. You know, the money was yeah, way oh yeah. better. Oh yeah. So, um, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've done music because in other forms, I mean, I've promoted shows and I've done the podcasting and I've had my own radio shows and, now oh, yeah. we're working on a book that's going to kind of bring everything together in a pretty little package. Um, you know, we're going to combine my knowledge of music and my knowledge of truck stops with a cool horror type story. And we're going to kind of, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to do almost a, um, we're going to do almost a, Joyride meets wrong turn meets. Um, oh hell yeah, candy cane. No. <laughs> Rock City type story. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. you have a a group of kids who are on the way to a concert, and they stop at a truck stop, and they piss off the crazy trucker who um, happens to be a serial killer and everything goes sideways yeah. from there. So um, we're going to have yeah. horror and heavy metal and crazy truckers and truck stops and, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to all come together. Yeah. I'm, I'm working right, slowly right. at it. Well, like, but well brother, I, I hate to do this, um, but I know fellow Michiganders are terrible at saying goodbyes. And uh, for the viewers, or I'm sorry, for the listeners, uh, we have what's called a Minnesota goodbye where you say, Hey, I'm, I'm hanging out. And then you come back in and you start a new sentence. So I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt and say, we only have 12 minutes left of the show, man. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's a, um, it is. So it's, you know, it's one of them things like you get talking and it's definitely, uh, it goes fast. So, Oh, yeah. For, uh, well, I knew you would respect the Minnesota goodbye, too, because even where I'm at right yeah. now, I'll tell somebody, like, oh, I'm heading out. And I'm like, hey, by the way, 
did you know? Yeah. And then it's just like right back. And they're like, bro, anytime you say goodbye, I know you got like two more things to, to follow up and say. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's kind of what we all do back where we come from. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of a blessing yeah. and a curse. You always have to kind of put in that little 30 minute gap of like, okay, goodbyes are going to take about 30 minutes. <laughs> like it's yeah. not a typical goodbye. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You know, every time we, we close the show up, um, we always ask if um, you're willing to come back and if you're willing to anything that you're doing or anything that's new and breaking, uh, will you come back on the show and spend another hour with me? Yeah, anytime you want me, bro. You know what you got to do with that? I'm always, I'm always more than willing to, you know, come in and do whatever, whether it's tell old oh, yeah. jokes or talk about music <laughs> or movies or anything. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like just walking encyclopedia of useless information. And <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm going to do a, a different uh, perspective as well. And I'm going to impose, would you allow me to be on your show at some point? Probably not in October, but if you got a spot for November or December, if you need a, a fellow author and a fellow Michigander to be on your show, I'll, I'll gladly uh, spend some time with you too. So if you would allow me that, that yeah, would be really great, man. I, I got a bracket in mind for you to find first. So uh, I, I've had one for a while. I haven't really quite found the right person for it, but I think it's something that uh, – I think it's something you'll have fun with and uh, – I think your knowledge of the topic might uh, amuse people, and we're, we're going to do a bracket about the greatest '80s movies. There we go. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. And then the, uh, yeah. the the other thing that we always do, man, is uh, we always ask for um, your imparting words of wisdom. I know throughout the show we talk about a lot of things and we, we have little little tidbits of imparting words of wisdom, but what's some words that you live by that you want to impart onto our listeners tonight? Um, you know what? I think my biggest one, it's what I close all of my podcasts with. It's what I close all of my reactions with. Mm-hmm. Basically, kind of my, it's sort of become my mantra. It's going to be going on my T-shirts and different things that will be talking to people. Um, I always close with be well, treat each other with kindness, and remember that music heals because it's oh, yeah. three, very, three very simple rules. Be well, you know, be, be happy, be safe, be healthy, uh, treat each other with kindness because, like I was saying earlier, so much easier to be kind than it is to be a dick. You know, spread oh, yeah. kindness, not hatred. And the other part is just music heals. Like, music has been my savior. Like, music has always gotten me through the dark spots. It continues to, and no matter what kind of music you're into, whether it's country, whether it's jazz, whether it's blues, hip-hop, metal, punk, reggae, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be some music. Something available that will fit a mood, whether it's a dark mood, whether it's a happy mood, whether it's a playful mood. There's always something that is there for you 
to kind of grab onto and funnel that emotion into and, um, hey, it's okay to listen to sad songs and cry or it's okay to listen to, <laughs> you know, 80s hair metal if you want to party and have a good time. You know, there's, if you in an angry mood, there's bands like Metallica and Slayer and Megadeth that'll oh, yeah. get you through that. And, you know, there's drinking songs by people like, you know, all the old honky tonk guys, and there's you know there's Johnny Cash <laughs> and Waylon Jennings, and there's just there's something for everybody. So it's funny that you know, brought up the is, sad music because uh, YouTube must be. Uh, I, I was talking to one of my roommates about this. YouTube must be collecting data on me because at certain times of the night, if I play one song, it'll play like a streak of the same songs that fit the mood. And I've noticed that it's the same songs that I play. I, I, I must have had like two or three nights where I played the same um, line of music and it created like a playlist for me because I played uh, Nirvana, Something in the Way, and then I played Tool. Um, I, I think it's Schism, the one that says that I know the pieces fit. And then like Johnny Cash, Hurt. And without even like trying, I'd pick one of those songs I'm like, oh, I'm in the mood for this. And the YouTube playlist just goes crazy. And I'm like, oh, no, like YouTube's collecting data on me, even as we speak. <laughs> All right, yeah, crazy like, if you think about it, but. Yeah. You know, look, here's really fast in a nutshell. Here's the crazy thing about me and why I do so many different kinds of music. Think of it this way. Yeah. Some bands have been very successful staying to a formula. Rolling Stones, ACDC, um, you know, basic, simple formula, Metallica. They don't really venture outside the box. And then you have, yeah. uh, like, the mashup artist guys. That's me. Like, I'm oh, the yeah. mashup guy. Like, I will play you Charlie Daniels, The Cure, and Creator all in the same block, and then I'll turn around and I'll play you Air Supply, uh, Young Jeezy, and, and <laughs> you know, Bob Marley in a song block. So I'm that guy that's going to just yeah. come from every direction put it all together and connect it in a way that most people don't think on that level. How the hell are you going to connect all of this? And they're all, it's always going to have a theme, you know, the, you know, movie soundtracks. And then I'll play you every kind of music known to man under that theme of movie yeah. soundtrack or 80s music or whatever. And that's just what I do. So, you know, I'm kind of like the the musical, you know, Bad man, and we we've made the joke numerous times. If I ever write an autobiography, the title is going to be "The Menial Mumblings of a Musical Madman," and you know, so <laughs> yeah. It was funny because my my biography title, uh, I guess it's something that I say all the time. But um, they said if I ever write a biography, it would be called "Bizarre to Say the Least." So I, I respect yeah. your <laughs> I respect your biography. We now have books to write. So, hey, bud, um, for the listeners, they can find you on the um, Noise Report and the Music God Reacts. Is there anywhere else that you want to shout out to go find you if anybody's looking for you? It, it's very simple. Just go to Google, type in the Music God CJ Plane. Everything will come up. Uh, it's all one central yeah. YouTube channel. Uh, once the whole okay. YouTube handles thing kicks in here, whenever they, yeah, I'm gonna get around to it. 
uh, it'll simply be uh, youtube.com slash uh, Music God Reacts. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, yeah, just look up Music God, CJ Plain, or the Music God Reacts is the YouTube channel. It'll have all the podcasts. I'm creating playlists on there, uh, so you'll be able okay. to go to the playlist and see the podcasts in one spot, the reactions in a spot, the music reviews in a spot. Um, uh, we do have a, a food reaction and a cooking channel coming as well, uh, the Music God Cooks. Nice. Uh, because I, you know, I love to cook and create. You know, <laughs> coming up with wild recipes uh, like my chocolate caramel bacon cheesecake and other stuff oh, like that. So, yeah, or you know what I call my rock and roll meatloaf, um, which is basically right. a <laughs> like pizza meatloaf, um, which is freaking amazing. But it's the rock and roll meatloaf, and it's awesome. But uh, yeah, that's coming in. Um, yeah, and then I'm on all of the – pretty much everywhere <laughs> on all of the social medias. It's just Music God CJ Plain, uh, Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, or all. I believe Music God CJ Plain, if I yeah. remember correctly. Um, I live by well, I appreciate rule. you, man. <laughs> yeah. So. Go ahead. I was going to say, I live by a simple rule, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. Um you yep. know, make it easy to remember. So, <laughs> you gotta, yeah. but. well, hey man, I appreciate you coming on the show and spending an hour with us and I wish you the best and we'll definitely be in touch. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in with us tonight and spending an hour uh, with me and CJ. Uh, I've been your host, Ian Bush on off the chain, uh, filling in for Yvonne Mason. Can't fill her shoes completely, but I will flip them on and see if I can, fill the space a little bit while she uh, attends to a couple of other items. Um, for tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern time, we have an interesting guest uh, who's also um, another podcaster. His name is Joe Bogdan. And Joe Bogdan does a lot of leadership um, podcasts, so that will be an interesting one to kind of go over with him. So, again, uh, all the listeners, thank you so much because without you – the show would not be possible. Uh, we would just be filling the internet with dead space and it would be annoying <laughs> for all involved. So thank you for coming and engaging with us for an hour. Uh, keep making great art, keep doing good things. And as CJ said, be good humans because it's easier to be good than it is to be evil. And if uh, no one else tells you, Yvonne and I love you so much. Thank you for allowing us to do what we do, and I hope that we entertained you for an hour. So until tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Off the Chain, we bid you a good night, and thank you so much. Have a good night. Bye.